Money is changing, it's evolving, it's innovating, it's getting faster, safer, more open. Crypto and blockchain technologies, they are about empowering people and creating agency. Hello, I'm Jeremy Allaire, and this is The Money Movement. I'm super thrilled to be here in Davos, Switzerland, for the 2024 World Economic Forum. And I'm very privileged to be here with an amazing guest, Sheila Warren, who's the CEO of the Crypto Council on Innovation. Sheila, it's so wonderful to be here with you, to have you on The Money Movement again. And we have such an interesting history that dates back five or six years to the forum. Um, where you were uh, playing a significant leadership role in exploring this whole area way in advance of its rapid maturation. And now you're playing a leadership role in shaping policy on this, which is a very hot topic around the world. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously there's a lot we can talk about. <laughs> no shortage of content. No shortage sure. of content. but. Maybe, um, obviously, there's a global stage here, and we can talk about global policy, but um, maybe zooming in, everyone always wants to know, like, what is happening in Washington? <laughs> you know, what is happening in Washington? You know, we have, uh, we have, we have the courts, and we have administrative uh, things. We had a, an ETF approval. That was, seems like a positive thing from the SEC. And then we have Congress. And... Um, you know, maybe just start with your, you know, 30,000-foot view, and we can drill into some of the details as well, because we're both obviously very close to yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Well, as Americans, right, as, as one does. Uh, yeah, whenever people ask me what's happening in Washington, my immediate second follow-up question is, look, on what axis? You yeah, know, because yeah. it is an unprecedented time in Washington. And I think that anything about our industry has to be contextualized, uh, looking at the fact that this Congress is having trouble passing a budget passing basic spending. It took um, 15 votes to elect a speaker the first time and then multiple rounds of different people to get a speaker. That normally is something that is a slam dunk box check kind of exercise. So we are in a time of tremendous, not just polarization, but that's leading to the inability of Congress to actually function as a body. Now, all that being said, it's equally important to note that this concept that the U.S. is doing nothing is equally wrong. Right. As you noted, the courts are very active. So are the states. Mm -hmm. The United States are 50 unique different states. In the absence of federal legislation, the states are not holding back. So we've seen action in New Jersey, Louisiana, Illinois, California, yeah. like New Hampshire. A lot of states, Wyoming, you know, are getting into the game, to, and they're not going to wait. So what's going to be interesting is to see how different political philosophies, and now there are myriad, mm -hmm. <laughs> there is a spectrum of philosophies in the United States represented in Congress, how they're going to match their desire for, do we want the federal government to actually set the terms of the table, set the table, or do we want the states to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, usually the Democrats would want the federal kind of notion, right. right? And yet they're the ones, to some extent, hampering progress in Congress. But also you've got a wing of the Republican Party that would normally be okay with states, but actually wants to have more say in what happens with some of the sort of digital asset regulations and legislation. So it's right. a very bizarre time. 
It, it really is. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, I, I think the, the Republicans are advancing legislation for federal regulation, uh, you know, right. and, and right. having a hard time bringing along Democrats, right? <laughs> right. Um, which, you know, there's a lot going on in, in, in that. Um, you know, I think it's interesting and in, in being here in at the forum, as, as you know, you know, the U.S. government many years ago through the Treasury Department, like, took a really active role in yeah. at at the G7, at the G20, mm-hmm. saying we have to have regulations of the space stable coins. There was Libra, you know, mm-hmm. we all remember all <laughs> of that, right? Really, really, yes. yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think maybe the first time, well, we met, we met before that, but on the sidelines meeting you and Dante right. and all that. But um, in any case, right, the U.S. pushing hard, like we have to have regulation here, the U.S. had had some regulation since 2013, mm-hmm. which was, you know, way ahead of other countries, right. and and was pushing for it. And and yet, you know, you you've got you know uh, the presidential working group, the top financial regulators in the United States, saying it's urgent that Congress do something. But then here we are, here we and are. Japan and the UK and the EU and Singapore and Hong Kong and the UAE are all moving faster than the right. United States in some respects. Yeah, it's it is a, it's certainly unusual to say the least, right? And what's going to be interesting to see is do the courts in the states lap the legislature? Because that could happen, right? I mean, we yeah. even had Chair Gensler in a yeah. very interesting statement, and yeah. I, I would say, again, somewhat unprecedented kind of statement around the approval of the spot ETF, the Bitcoin spot ETF, saying paraphrasing poorly, well, I don't like it, but I kind of, you made me do it, right? And he was talking ostensibly about the courts. And so the idea is the judicial process is often very slow, deliberately kind of slow, and yet Mm -hmm. we're seeing movement in those spaces that's going to be somewhat dispositive, even if Congress doesn't act, or that may force, you know, Congress to kind of do something. But whether Congress can actually do a thing, and by this I mean not just in digital assets, I mean in anything, remains to be seen. It's an open question. Yeah. Well, on the big issues, right, you kind of have, uh, you have payment stable coins, Mm -hmm. and you have how to regulate the markets themselves, and then you have essentially financial integrity and and AML and terrorist financing, like the kind of AML issues. And all three of those have, you know, and there's other things too, right? There's IRS, <laughs> tax treatment, okay. many, many No shortage sure of the content, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> but on, the, on those three, um, what's your sense of tr- ultimately like trades being made? Because mm. there's, a, there's a, a real push on the financial integrity, security yeah. front, but there's also a push on some of these others you're very close to the the ground truth on all of this. Yes, uh, I am. <laughs> uh, we all hope that we are. But um, uh, you know, what what's your sense for you know kind of trades being made and 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 by virtue of all these you know happening, um, maybe as a separate question, um, do you feel like Congress is better educated now? Well, there's a lot in there to unpack. So let me start with the the last point. Do I feel Congress is better educated now? For 24, yes. For 25, I have no idea. So, and the thing I think a lot of people in industry miss is that some of our, I don't ever want to call anybody an ally or champion because that always seems a bit disingenuous Mm because they're going to do the job they're there to do. But there are some very educated folks who are very committed to the passage of legislation 
Patrick Henry is the number one example. Not running for re-election, which mm. means in 25, yeah. he's not there anymore, friends. Yeah. You know, So we have a window where a, a very well-respected, well-regarded leader on both sides of the aisle, yeah. someone who is a consummate politician, knows how to get things done, is still chairing a critical committee yeah. in 24. That's not the case. So my view is there's a window in the United States where it isn't so much that the broad swath of Congress is educated, as you put it, it's that the right people in the right places that have their own internal gravity and gravitas and influence are actually educated and committed. And it's it's an open field. I mean, it's anybody. We can kind of game this out. We have some guesses about who might be the next, you know, this and that. But you never really know until it's done. So I always tend to be the uh, the kind of person who thinks bird in hand, you know. Yeah. And my view on this is you've got somebody who is quite committed, who is seems to be thinking of this as a legacy moment in Patrick in, in Chair McHenry. Yeah. Why would we not try to be as supportive of that as possible? And in Leader Schumer on yeah. the Senate side, you actually have somebody who is there to govern. Mm-hmm. He is very much an individual who's been a senator from New York, senior senator has been there for a long time in the Senate and is committed to leadership and yeah. is an effective leader of his party on that side, right? So if we lose that, I don't necessarily know who the Republican leadership will be. And again, there's some guesses, yeah. but you just don't really know till you know. So my take is uh, we are always trying to bring along more people. I do feel like there is still curiosity about this, especially when we connect it to AI, which is the the fad du jour, you know, the mm-hmm. popular child of the moment, uh, which the connection is very obvious in my mind. Yes. Um, but I think that we have to look at 24 as a time to really try to move things o- over the line and yeah. not just wave our hands in the air and say, you know, oh, we'll wait till after the election and see how it shakes out. I agree. I mean, I think, like, it's kind of embarrassing that the United States is not able to, oh God, to do something here uh, when it purports to be to, to try and drive you know things forward here and um you know we've been you know actively obviously talking about stablecoin legislation right. um <clears throat> you know given given usdc but um you know the the fact that all of these other governments in the world are setting the laws for how dollars work on the internet yep. is kind of insane and that's what's happening. That's I mean, I think that's what's exactly happening. what's happening. Well, and, and, you know, we're, we're facing the ground truth of that negotiating with governments around the world. Yeah, but it would be imagine. really helpful <laughs> if you know, the, the agencies and the, and, the, and the apparatus that's responsible for the way the dollar works in the world could, yeah. could, could get on board. And, you know, I want to I say that in a different way because I think it is – people kind of see it and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But really think about this, right? So you had Switzerland and Japan first to the table. Now, Japan, admittedly, that was after Mt. Gox, which was this big sort of tragic yeah. moment of theft, you know, whatnot. So they felt the need to respond to that. Yes. But they put into place some sort of baselines. Switzerland, very early baselines. Right. To be fair, FinCEN in the United States, to the point you made earlier, 2013, they were the first out the they gate. They were the first out the gate, right? Yeah. So we were we were right there with the early yeah. doctors as well. I literally right there, I right? founded Circle because of the FinCEN. I was like, yeah. I can actually do this. Like, yeah. there wasn't clear. Yeah. I was thinking about it. But then it's like, okay, there's a way to <laughs> do this gave legally. gave you room to maneuver, right? right? right. And then, yeah. you know, so in the meantime, you've had the EU, 27 member states. I mean, we cannot overstate how complicated 600 it is. 600 pages get, of legislative right? text. Yeah. That's the thing. They didn't even do a little thing. They did a massive thing. Yeah. Look, look, views on that. It's very complicated. Not yeah. all of it is. It's far from perfect. Nevertheless, the amount of coordination it takes to coordinate the EP, the EC, like all the member states, to get that across the line. And here we are right. in the United States. It's like, what's going on, folks? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, to your point, it really is not only embarrassing, it is 
I think it's shocking, actually. I find it quite shocking that there's this kind of almost abdication of responsibility to the global financial community in a way. And maybe that sounds arrogant as an American to say, but I do think there's responsibility being the purveyors of the dollar, which does remain the single strongest connecting force in the global economy, to not have put forth some baseline guidance and promulgated some rules about what that ought to look like in a stable coin. It's just, it's wild, right? Well, the interesting thing in the details on that as you know, is is there's actually a, a, a pretty deep consensus about doing it, yes. and and actually, you know, the my understanding obviously is there's legislative text that's very advanced, yes. that's bipartisan, yes. that it's everyone's ready. working hard to Largely get it done, ready. and and all of this, and there's like these, you know, there's you know, sort of what's the phrase? Don't let the enemy of uh, perfect be the enemy of good. Enemy. Yeah. good, right? That's kind of where we are. That's and, legislation, and and yeah. but you have this. You have the 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 federal system, federalist system, <laughs> really kind of showing its its uh, teeth here a little yeah. bit, and you have this kind of Fed versus states, and and people are really like holding out. Like it seems like there's kind of a holding out for uh, a certain you know level of control for the federal government, and and that's you know people just can't decide. Yeah. Right? and I think to your point, it's not a substantive issue; it's a procedural issue, right? And it's like which body, when, how, and then how do you get the body to function? And so the point that I make when I say 27 member states over and over again, and the EP and the EC and all of that is, that's not more complicated you know, than the United States Congress, right? Where at the end of the day, yes, you represent different states and this and that and different interests, but it is one country. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that we could move things along in a more efficient and quick manner because of our own procedures mm-hmm. than you know Europe, which necessarily takes a lot of time. And yet here we are. So um, I, I don't, I, and I, but I have to contextualize this again, right? This is not just about digital assets or crypto or stable coins or any of these things. And I think that the industry tends to feel particularly persecuted. Right. And I understand why that is. There are certain prominent voices in the government, you know, Chair Gensler, what, who have been sort of very vocal about their disdain right. or contempt even for the industry. But this is affecting everybody in the United States, right? Yeah. Nothing is moving. Uh, you're not getting farm bill across, That's budget so across, many like yeah. so many things. Yeah. So, yeah. so the idea that we are especially persecuted is kind of silly and we should contextualize right. that for, for listeners too. Right. I fully buy that. It's, <laughs> it's very easy to navel gaze and That's sort right. of be like, what's, <laughs> right. what, Just what's, us, they hate what's, us. What's, what's going like, on well, here? It's actually yeah. that, you know, we're yeah. stuck in this traffic jam, you know, yeah. and we can't, we can't get out of the traffic yeah. circle. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be interested, you know, as you look at 2024 and CCI's agenda specifically, mm-hmm. I know it probably overlaps a lot of what we, <laughs> we, we just talked about, but, you know, what are the pillars that are there for you? Um, and, you know, you're playing a really critical leadership role in the policy conversation. Yeah. You know, what what are the things that at the margin where, where you think you're going to have the greatest impact this year? Yeah, it's a great question. I appreciate that. I do think that we're going to have, we already are having tremendous impact at the state level in the United States. And um, we've expanded our work in the UK because I do think that uh, the UK is looking, I mean, Rishi Sunak, who knows how, how the election, yeah. I think we all have a sense of how the UK elections will turn out, which we went into detail here, but yeah. I think we have a turnover of the government, right? 
Uh, and so there, I think we are trying to get some fit-for-purpose regulation in the UK. I think there is a lot to be said for the UK as a possible secondary locus yeah. where a lot of people want to kind of be. And and I, I think we're all fatigued of saying post-Brexit, but, you know, post-Brexit, yeah. I still think the UK is looking to be a leader in technologies. And so uh, there's a lot of appetite there and things are moving quite quickly. So I think that's a place we're really paying attention. Uh, we're looking to expand CCI this year, hopefully, into Japan a bit more. Uh, we have a lot of connections in JFS and regulators there we know well in FinSum, uh, but we haven't been very active in that region, in that country, so looking to do that a bit more. Um, I think the recent Taiwanese elections, just this last weekend, uh, now that there's a little more sustained separation from China, is going to be very interesting to see how the Taiwanese think about this and how that bleeds over into the work in Hong Kong and Singapore. So yeah. for us, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I think Washington remains a major focal point, mm-hmm. um, but I think we have to be very realistic about Washington and, and what is happening in Washington, which we've contextualized, I think, well. Uh, I think this is the window. Like, I think we have a very strong window here to get something that actually is logical and sensible and quite thought through across. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that happens. I am optimistic about it, Mm -hmm. but cautiously so, Mm -hmm. because again, as noted, there's all these X factors that just zoom in, you know, you just never really know. So I would say that's where we're looking. I think we're having, I think we're already having tremendous impact in those places and continue to do so. But I'll also say, Jeremy, as you know, from my work at the forum, I always saw my role as helping to legitimize and normalize this asset, this asset space, this technology's opportunity, and the mainstreaming of it is on folks like you, right? But the normalizing of it, the saying, it's not scary, it's not dangerous, Uh, it does have to have guardrails around it, and it's the job of government regulators and others to prevent those guardrails, but the opportunity is a very exciting one, and it's responsive to cultural changes that are happening regardless, and it's a way of actually mirroring those changes in our tech stack, and that might seem very weird or lofty, but I actually think it's crucially important. And I remain committed to that narrative as well, which I think is where we're having a lot of impact too. I appreciate that. And I see that, you know, it's actually really remarkable. I think, uh, I feel like for five years, I've also been sort of here talking about tokenization. I don't know how many times (laughs) I've done a tokenization panel. I'm doing another one this week, Uh, you know, like this. But, But here we are. And last week, you know, the penultimate Davos man, Larry Fink, (laughs) is on television, you know, saying, you know, tokenization is the future. And so you kind of have, you know, it's almost like this weird book ending of like you, this from this very nascent, you know, very disruptor kind of tech forward, you know, thing to, you know, someone who manages more, you know, assets than any other asset manager in the world <laughs> who's, who's who's talking about this. We've come a long way, yeah, right? Yeah, we it's, have. It's really amazing. You know, I was uh, reminiscing, um, so the comms director of CCI is also, uh, used to work at the forum, and we were talking about the the first time we were together in Davos, it was 2018. Yeah. And that was height of the, you know, everything. Yeah. I did like 47 interviews in three days. It was just crazy. And um I remember thinking what I was saying at that time was it's inevitable we have a world with a CBDC, yeah. stable coins, and cryptocurrencies. And right. it was like this radical thing to say. You know, it's like, what do you right. mean? How I can know, that I be? Know, you know? know, and I didn't and now think that's that was being coded into law. It exactly it's right. Into it's, law. Like, it's like we have those things, friends. Yeah. Like here we are. You know, yeah. now I feel like the radical thing I'm saying this go around. However many years, five or six years later, how many years later? Seven yeah. years later. Wow. What I'm saying now is you know Web three and AI. Like yeah. you're going to see the blockchain and, and AI, like those are integrally connected Absolutely. and I think very obvious. And again, people are like, that's crazy. What is she saying? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm like, let's just see what happens the next time. Right? You know? So yeah. yeah, I think that's part of the role, right? Is to kind of say, here are the things that are really factually happening. Here's the evidence. Yeah. 
It's not something to be afraid of. It's something to actually figure out what's the opportunity for my company, for my country, for my citizens, for me personally, for my creative endeavors, right? Um, and I, I don't know. I, 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 that's why I think I, that's why we all stay in this space. Totally. It's just endlessly exciting. It is. And, and, uh, I mean, back then it was the, uh, you know, the emergence of the fourth industrial revolution. <laughs> right. And these were all the, these, the, all these were mutually reinforcing technologies. Yeah. And we're actually seeing that, you know, in, in, in some ways that's emerging, right. uh, which is, which is pretty cool, which is actually maybe a good way to pivot the conversation a little bit to, you know, you know, you have uh, obviously a, a, a job to do, so to speak, with CCI, <laughs> but you're also someone who's just been involved and around this technology space for a very long time as well. Um, you know, what are you most excited about? I mean, we touched on Web3 and AI, but, you yeah. know, you, you have a, a broad landscape that you're looking at, too, because of all the different, you know, creative firms and and other other things. Yeah. What What's exciting for you? And, you know, and, you know, I, and I'll, I'll last leading comment uh, <laughs> on that is is there's been a period of time where a lot of people sort of wrote off the space and ignored it, and yeah. it was all this is all just about frauds and criminals <laughs> and all this like stuff. Yeah. But you know, actually, there's just been tremendous amount of technical progress being made in the background, That's and right. so. You know, I'd be interested with those two kind of lenses. What what are you seeing and what are you excited about? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start kind of at the end again, which is to say, you know, I do think in 23, and to be fair, there was a lot of fraud and criminals. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah. The good thing about 23 is a lot of them left yes. or they were caught. And right. so we're in a very different place now. And those who remained quietly in the background, like I I have the luxury of saying I love a, a, love a bull market, a bear market because right. um, people build, right? If yes. people, people, people who stick are very committed and they have time and yeah. space without the sort of frenzy of all the, you know, uh, everything, like uh, just all the focus and the attention uh, to actually build. This is complicated stuff. It's very, very hard. And so I think we've seen tremendous progress in a lot of areas that I was very excited about. Mm So everything from, you know, ordinals to Web3 and AI to the gaming movement. So that's coming up. And so for me, back when I got in this space in 2015, I came at it from a data play. Like actually, yeah. funnily enough, like as right, we talked about this at length, also, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was general counsel of a social enterprise and I was very concerned about privacy and data and data hacking and all these kinds of things. This was pre-Cambridge Analytica and all that, any of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but that only cemented and fueled my sort of concerns in this space. And uh, and so I'm happy to see that that is now becoming, it's shifting yeah. slowly to that being the major topic. Yeah. And it's not to say that the financial services component is not crucial to get right, but it is one part of a much bigger story around Web3 and blockchain technologies Absolutely. that I have been waiting for. <laughs> so yeah. I feel tremendously excited about those possibilities. And as they can start to connect, yeah. and as you see things like to in-game tokens, as you see this kind of tokenization concept, one sort of side note or related is I find it so, because it's exactly right. We did that, I think it was 2019, we did yeah. an a, a issue briefing, as they call it, yeah. with, on tokenization, right? Um, and and now here we are, you know, five years yeah. later, and it's the same conversation largely. But this whole real world asset thing, I find yes. so funny. What's the real world, right? How I think about that, how my parents think about yeah. it, how my kids think about it is right. very different, right. very different. Right. So the joke I made, which is very ridiculous, is like, you know, People can in crypto can drive a Lambo through the real world, you know, term, right? And, and think about that in a very in a very different way. So um, all of those things, I think, and I, I think what I'm seeing is a pre-Cambrian explosion all over again mm-hmm. of different innovation, different projects, largely around data and tokens, and how you think about 
that value exchange happening that is not meant to be currency or payments or right. anything like that. Right. It doesn't resemble money, but it is exchanging that value. Yeah. And how those are going to connect, I think, is is it's just going to start to explode. Yeah, it seems like it. And and um, the, I, I have thought a bunch about kind of the inter- interaction with AI as well. Yeah. And that is, frankly, a data issue at the uh-huh. end of the day, right? Which is, you know, provenance of data, you know, what is verifiable, you know, yes, yeah. crypto is a way to give proofs and provide proofs and provide exactly. proofs to machines and provide proofs that people can depend upon for, you know, the kinds of output <laughs> that's going to gonna flow yeah. through these, uh, you know, neural nets that we don't really know what's going on, you know, <laughs> but right. um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a, a huge intersection there. For yeah. Sure. And, you know, here's how I think about it, to put this a bit crassly, which is, you know, the reason people are like, oh, Sheila, are you going to now, you know, pivot to AI or whatever. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, first of all, they're so connected, right? And second of all, like nobody just, you just follow fads like that. That's a little nuts. Yeah. But also the way I see this is crypto and blockchain technologies, they are about empowering people and creating agency. AI is about empowering machines, yeah. right? And if I have to choose one, I'm going to every time, like, as you know, I mean, I think it's interesting to see the different political philosophies in our industry, but I remain committed to the idea this is a path to more empowerment, agency, and equality, more inclusion, and that's something I've been committed to my entire career. Yeah. So I'm not sure I would actually be like, machines are great, you know, yeah. but as it yeah. stands, this is the chance I think we have to preserve our agency within these systems that are mm-hmm. that are coming. Yeah. And they're I was about to say they're coming for us, and that sounds very dramatic, but you know yeah. they are coming, right? Yeah. And the idea that I'm going to be outsourcing certain responsibilities to my AI agent, yeah. turn back another AI agent, right. well, I want to make pretty darn sure right. that I have a stable mechanism Absolutely. for that governance behind yeah. it, right? Provable computation, which is what exactly. smart contracts are, That's right. and you know provide this transparent execution machine that can interact. Even more important, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I periodically put a uh, poll up on Twitter or X, uh, uh, which is, you know, know, in the future, will AI agents uh, pay for things and pay each other using, you know, A, stable coins, Mm. B, credit cards, or C, CBDCs? And the numbers keep going up for stable coins, which is sort of, you know, interesting because I think people are realizing, like, yeah, of course. They're native like, tokens. They're going yeah, to like, use. They're going to use this kind of thing that works anywhere on the internet, and yep. and and you know where you can spin up a wallet automatically and and do these things. So exactly. It's inter- exactly. Interesting convergence. It'll be interesting if twenty twenty four starts seeing some of these you know launching. Um, yeah. You know, I guess starting the year, um, I'd be interested in in your take. Uh, we've sort of seen what some people are saying is like a new bull market in mm. in digital assets and I mean certainly from a price action perspective and a trading perspective that seems that seems like the case but not asking you to comment on markets or anything like that but does this kind of um, approval that happened last week and the launch of Bitcoin ETFs do you think it is a um, a watershed moment an inflection point? Do you think it's going to change the interest that major institutions have, not even necessarily in investing and owning Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. but in sort of is this validation that will cause people to come back to this and say, okay, well, this, you know, Larry Fink saying this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Despite Jamie Dimon. Yeah. yeah, Well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you got 
Yes. The spectrum. Yes. Yeah. But is, is, it, is it that change? Yeah. So I do think it's a watershed moment. Um, but I would say I don't think that it's drawing new interest. I think it's just surfacing interest that preexisted. Mm-hmm. So as we all know, like many institutions have been operating. They have a, they've been focusing on, you know, build in this space for a long time, just very quietly. Yeah. And I think that's just because we know it was loud back in 2017 to 18. Yeah. It got really quiet. It didn't vanish, right? Some of those products were put on ice and services. Some were just relegated to a different part of the business. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see some of that come to light. And I think people are going to be surprised by how sophisticated the thinking really is inside institutions. Mm-hmm. They're not catching up. They've been paying attention all along. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not a surprise. 11 institutions applied for ATF yeah. applications, right? So they're all paying attention. Yeah. So I think it's more right. that. Right. Look at the like, authorized participants as well. Right. I mean, look it's, at the spec- the, the, it's literally the top right. tier of the exactly. entire financial industry. So they've been looking for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, so I think that it's, it's again, it's not necessarily new interest. It's just a renewal. It's, it's more um, acceptable, you know, mm-hmm. to have that interest be open. What I think is going to happen is we're seeing now this sort of intersectionality of traditional financial, you know, kind of uh, yeah. services and products with crypto native, you know, these yeah. kinds of products. And what that mashup will look like. Okay, yeah, tokenization, exactly. <laughs> what that mashup will look like, you, you know, you're situated, the first person to kind of understand that. But I think we're going to see a bunch of experiments. Some will fail. Yep. Some will succeed. Some will hit really big, but I think that mashup is now going to become more palatable mm-hmm. to the big institutions. So again, it's not new interest, but I think you're going to see more creativity and how they're thinking about that connection, mm-hmm. right? I also think we've seen various of these institutions who are kind of getting a sense of something I talk about a lot, which is we have to think about scale differently. Mm-hmm. You know, so the whole premise I think of uh, crypto uh, token-driven communities and whatnot is that you can spin them up in ways that are quite customized and bespoke. Yeah. And so it's really more about extensibility than scalability. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're going to have one service that billion users like Facebook style, right? right? That's not really the future. It's going to be, this is customizable and programmable and configurable to whatever the needs of yep. the community or the group or whatever are at the time or the partnership yep. or whatever at the time, yep. they might spin up and spin down. Yep. So I think I'm actually starting to see a lot more of that recasting happening internally at some big institutions, um, which I think, funnily enough, I actually think some folks in crypto kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. And there's some folks following a very traditional path that's like, well, if I don't have, you know, uh, the, if I don't corner the entire market on everything on X, therefore, right. yeah, it's, that's problematic somehow. And I'm like, that's not really how it works. It's about the config. I and mean, you talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. the programmability of it, yes. the configurability of it. That's what is actually It is the unlock, breakthrough. That right? is a that's huge the breakthrough. breakthrough. That's so, the breakthrough. So, so few people are, are, are focused on that. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, uh, a, a, last, uh, a last question on this topic, um, which is um, – in the last cycle, there was a huge amount of attention on DAOs, yeah. and yeah, yeah. but 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 as you're talking, right? You know, token token based ways of organizing mm-hmm. communities of interest or of uh, you know kind of pooling together activity, incentivizing things, yeah. all this. Do you believe that part of the 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 policy agenda needs to be clear rules around basically organizational forms that use digital tokens as their fundamental organizing mm, mechanisms. It's really interesting. So 
Yes and no. Uh, first of all, I think we're going to, DAOs are never going away. They're going to get rebranded and renamed something. I don't yeah. know what, you know, I'd love to, maybe on sense of time thinking about yeah. what that might be and try to land something there, but uh, they're not going to go away because that is the sort of organizing mechanism. Tokenized organizations. That, exactly. Real world asset tokenized organizations, right? Our wettos, I don't know, whatever it is. So heard it here first, folks. Um, but I think, so I was, a, to go back a little bit and give you a little context, I was one of the attorneys who worked on the Flexible Purpose Corporation in California, hmm. which really ushered in this concept which was radical at the time, that you could actually pursue profits and pursue yeah, social good. Like and that was a legitimate, exactly, all of that, right? L3Cs, all these kinds of things, H-Corps. Um, and so I do think at some point, a corporate form becomes yeah. useful. But that is much after, mm -hmm. I think, the, the principles and concepts have been percolating for a while, yeah. right? So B Corps actually predate H Corps. And a B Corp was just a private, essentially, certification stamp that said, right. you're a company doing these things, yay for you, you're great, you know, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? And then taking that and making that actually um, uh, classifying it as a new type of corporation was the next step. And so I think we're going to see things like, some, I don't know if it's going to be like B Corp style thing, but something like sure. that, that is certification of a certain style of, you know, yeah. responsibly operated DAO or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that will then turn us in. But I think we're a little early yeah. to do that and it would lock us in too much. So I actually would personally resist any sort of movement yeah. to codify that right now. Yeah. Um, I think right now it's very contractually based and there's extraordinarily talented lawyers that can do those contracts. Right. Um, but codifying it, I think, let's wait yeah. and see how it plays out. But at some point that will become useful. And at that point... I will probably be among the people advocating yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm personally very excited about that whole arena yeah. too. But um, well, listen, Sheila, this has been great yeah, to have you uh, <laughs> on again, and wonderful dialogue. Um, and uh, enjoy the forum this yeah, week. Of course, always. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Great to see you. Thank you.